retard who watches himself. You haven't flexed yet. Go. Which way is the exit, Matt? It's over there. <laughs> <laughs> what do those biceps measure, Matt? Oh, I don't know. Enough. <laughs> okay. But, uh, all right, are we, have we started? This is something I wanted to talk with, just, just bring up. And Russell was asking, how long is the, the, this book, the, the Adams, how long have oh, they wait, been together? Oh, wait, hold on. Are we starting? Jeez, are you recording? I, I was acting like an ass. Quantum bomb. Uh, really? Uh, <laughs> you just missed all of that. Uh, yeah, no, we That's were recording. all of our start. I just, uh, I just had to say, welcome, uh, everybody, to Quantum Bombs, uh, episode five. Rex, you can go now. <laughs> okay. So, Anna, do I need to repeat? What we, no, just the fun we were just having? Or the, anyway, whatever. But uh, <laughs> if, it, if that wasn't recorded, or it was recorded. Everything's recorded. Okay, okay, good, good, good. But no, we were talking about population. And 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 this is something that I found fascinating. Russell asked me how long this book has been. What did you say? The atoms have been in the universe? Whatever. Um, this was published in 1844. It's uh, Physiology for Children. And it had some facts in it that... I just thought we don't we don't it's the fruit fly thing we're talking right. about. We don't we don't realize how different things were. Physiology for children. Physiology for and I think what's what's frightening is um, that this was for children. They're going to give them these well, facts. Well, hang on. Quick question: what? Was bloodletting a thing when that was? I don't believe so. No, that was more of the 1700s. All right. So we moved past bloodletting. But you wouldn't be. There's some really ridiculous stuff in this. But the st- the, the the statistics that, that I couldn't believe this this lesson 24. The length of life, and now keep in mind this is they're telling this, these facts to children. The length of life. The question is, do most people live to be old? The answer is no. One half die before they are eight years old. Only one out of three lives to fourteen, and but one in four lives to twenty-one. When this book was written, which is when eighteen. Well, it was written in eighteen thirty-nine, so oh. right around, around eighteen forty. So what I'm saying is that if you're twenty-one years old by that time. Three quarters of everyone you grew up with is already dead, and people wonder why the population is exploding. That's how. That's the difference that our medical science has made. And when was that book? Well, Eighteen what? around eighteen forty. Okay. But since that time, um, I mean, that's why. I mean, it's not just a question of people having more babies, but we not only did we live so much longer, but half died before they were eight. Could well, we could, could we even could we even handle that statistic? If that was the way life was now. People would just be basket cases if they've all, if, if their kids, you know, half of them died by the time they were eight years well, old. Well, were they not basket cases back then? I don't think so. I mean, it was just a, it was just the way it was. They didn't know anything different. Yeah, these are just facts. These are statistics of that period. I, I think that I think that these uh, people lived longer, but they had a bunch of child deaths that brought the average age down. Well, so like if you made it to let's say forty, you probably you lived your average lifespan was older. It was longer. You lived longer. I would, uh, and you know, it's difficult to get hard numbers on all this because obviously, uh, back then, no one really kept good numbers. Oh, stuff they absolutely but did. But the average lifespan in the year nineteen hundred, the average lifespan was forty-seven. Good so, grief! So if you go to an old cemetery, mm-hmm. like the one that uh, is on a landowner we know, uh, it's on Tate Ranch. You're saying <laughs> it's on our ranch. Let me give you the GPS for that. If you go there, there's a ton of um, children graves. Sure. These are pulling the average down. So, like, if you survived childhood the and you made it into adulthood, then you lived longer. I wonder. So How many people did that? You're saying that the, the fact, average, average age being 40-something, 
Well, that includes all the three the three year olds that are in the cemeteries and the infants too. Uh, no, that I know that I know that infant deaths have never been counted. That's always something. Well, maybe that. maybe infants not the right term, but I mean, let's say uh, tw- a one year old hmm. baby. There's awesome. one. You're averaging a that, number of one. I'd have to figure. I'd have yeah. to find out. Well, I know that, but the, let's, for instance, the lifespan now for a man is seventy nine point five. That's oh, is the it? average. Is it okay? Cool. I mean, I was just looking at something today on on Instagram. It was seventy six, but I'm sure it just depends on. That may have been old. So it's seventy nine, right? Exactly. But I mean, but I say, but but forty seven. But see, even uh, yeah, but that was considered. I mean, old. I mean, well, regardless, it's saying that all these people died, so the po- that had a huge effect well, on population. It, it <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're not, it, it, people did live to be ninety years old at the time. Sure, absolutely. But the fact Very. is, when half of your, half of everyone died before they were eight years old. That was a huge, that, that boom. Half that everyone well, died. So like, uh, so that would skew the average yeah. age. I'd only have two well, kids. Well, it's just I how guess many? they wouldn't be alive to even be part of the average. So they would, like, they would actually not name their kids until they've, you know. Survived a few years. Why <laughs> waste the name? Yeah, well, no, it was, they don't want to get attached to it, you know, because no, no. if you had a 50-50 shot in losing your child, like, how heartbreaking is that? You, you wouldn't want to get it. You know what? Here's what's funny. I'm just thinking back in my own family, and you, you guys might have this experience, but in my family on both my mom's side and my dad's side, my grandparents had a child that didn't make it. Yeah, so on my mom's my, side did as well. Yeah, on my mother's side, I think the baby died with, like, real quick. And on my dad's, within a year or two. So, and that hey, was the 40s. Do you, Between 1900 and the year 2000, infant mortality rate decreased by 93%. Oh. Wait, say that again? Between 1900 and the year 2000, infant mortality rate decreased by 93%. So they got better at having them, or they got better in surviving, keeping them alive. Keeping, just keeping them alive. So many children used to die. I mean, it just just what? 100, just 100 you, what did that book say they were dying? It, didn't, of? it doesn't say that again. That was just the whole. I mean, I know that's my naivete or what. I mean, we've all watched old shows. Where we know the kids die young, but I'm kind of curious. Well, what but was this is why mind. the population's blowing up yes, because deaths going down. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> antibiotics. When did they? I think 1947. I think, or, or I know well, yeah. penicillin. penicillin. Well, penicillin specifically, was, uh, but yet, yet, yet antibiotics did not exist until the until the. So basically, you, you could get an infection in 1940 and die from from you know. Oh, I'd have been dead a long time ago. Yeah, kids were actually being proper, where they were out cutting their thumbs and climbing trees and getting into fun stuff. Um, you know what I read the and other dying. day that was in, or today that was interesting is they were healthy. If we our average age is 76 or 79, and we call. 50 years old, middle-aged, it's not accurate at all. You're middle-aged at the age of 36 if it was 76. Crap, so we're over the hill. Well, but I think they, they kind of <laughs> do the exceptions. Yourself, Some, somebody I said, said we? it was like young age is till 25, middle-age would be 25 to 50, and then old age yeah. is 50 to 75. So is kind of just think about everybody out there. Like, middle, If 76 is middle-age for men, then 36 is your middle of your life. So basically the point of the post was start living now. Well, yeah. quite frankly, when I watch the news, I'm glad I'm closer to the end than to the beginning. Actually, I was like kind of happy. I was like, I could say, I mean, I'm exhausted when I think of the length of my life. But back to your <coughs> historical book, what is that? What was that book that you were reading us? What was the name of it? Well, Physiology for Children. Oh, Physiology for Children. What was yeah. the age? I wish I knew what age of children it was made for. Yeah, apparently uh, after eight. Because <laughs> there, there wasn't very many before that. You want to hold that up? All right. Get it in the shot. Oh, yeah. Get that. In, hold on. I forgot. Let me and see which. It was uh, printed. Which. There we go. This this was written in 1839, 
this one, particular one was printed in 1844. It's not in great shape. Isn't but that it's, nice? It's, 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 how could it be in 1844? These are the jewels <laughs> that you see when you walk into Rex's house. He <laughs> collects the antiques. I just think it's fascinating. All right, I see a second book you've got on the table for well, us. This is something I wanted to address Russell's intimation last time we were together of the possible... He, it was a little disparaging towards the, the, the courage of the Alamo defenders. <laughs> based on Goliad. So I had to look up and found out that Goliad happened three weeks after. Oh, Quantum Alamo. Bomb listeners have actually corrected me uh, already. You're kidding. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, we have... I didn't say that. I said if I said hi, if it was before the Alamo, well, then that makes them less courageous. But sure. I didn't... I didn't no, mean. it was three weeks after. So it actually it makes the Goliad guys less courageous because they already knew they were going to be shot. I mean, they, they took no prisoners at the Alamo, so why did they surrender Goliad? Yeah, man, all of I that have, takes courage. <laughs> uh, true. But this is something I wanted to point out. This is what makes this relevant to, um, to, modern, to modern times. If I can... Uh, wait, someone say something while I look this up. All right. <laughs> I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. Um, Where were you going? Uh, well, I'll just read this chapter. Never mind. The comparison is worn and tired, but still valid. On one hand, the defenders of the Alamo all died fighting and were, or, were put, or, were, or were put to death immediately after the fight, which many people don't realize there was about seven survivors of the Alamo battle. They were, they were just bayoneted the next day. Well, that, you see that in the movie Alamo with uh, Billy Bob. Just the one, but there was actually five to seven of them. Anyway, the garrison never surrendered, and the romance of the defenders' dogged, dogged audacity in the face of undefeatable enemy grew into a now sacred legend. On the other hand, Fannin's incompetence put his men into a situation uh, where they faced the same choice, surrender or death. They chose surrender, and they were killed anyway. Their deaths were ignominious at the hands of a tyrant, but they, uh, they came about because they had submitted. Submissions are rarely commemorated by anyone. And... I, when I read that, what I thought about was, what do we keep hearing? You know, like when uh, Sleepy Joe talks about you can't take on the, uh, the, the, the army and whatnot. Mm. So what do you do? I, I think it's more like, yeah, you don't, you don't just go, okay, we give up then. You know? Well, they did do that in Ukraine, did they? I mean, they started no. handing out a whole bunch of guns. And no, it's true, but I'm just saying. They're I think, still going on, right? Well, yeah. so I'd rather go down fighting, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, if you're out of ammo, I mean, back then with uh, – how primitive their weapons were. Maybe being being out of ammo wasn't that big of a deal. The bayonets were maybe still somewhat effective. But like today, if you're out of ammo, like, I mean, what that you're pretty you may as well surrender. What's the difference between being out of ammo and surrendering? <laughs> like, you know. Um, yeah. What do you do? Put your dukes up. Yeah. Right. And then you just get <laughs> shot anyway. You're pretty much yeah. Instead of your hands up, you just put your dukes up and then you get shot. But I guess the point being though is just you can't just say all right. Well, I guess there's no point in fighting. Because we were not going to, I mean, the, the Alamo defenders knew they were not going to survive. There was no chance, but they fought anyway. And I think that's, a, that's kind of a lesson to be learned from, that's in my humble opinion. And we owe them a lot. I mean, we wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be Tate Ranch if it wasn't for the Alamo defenders. <sighs> Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> but here, I can keep going while I'm no, on a roll. Today's a little bit different. We don't. We uh, just started rolling late, late in the day. So we thought uh, we'd kick off without actually having an established things to talk about. But we have plenty to talk about. So it's our challenge on today's episode to just wing it and roll with it. What is today's date? The tenth. Yep. June tenth. What's happening in the world? Something related to war that I wanted to talk about <laughs> in the. Uh, was uh, the leaflets that there's apparently artillery 
and it's being used. It was used in Mariupol, where they, I guess, they shoot up in the air and they explode in the air, and they're not le- they're not meant to be lethal in any way, other than to blast out these little things that the propaganda enemy yeah. soldiers mm-hmm. can read. That's been yeah. used for a long time. Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But how bizarre! They're, yeah, they're bombing the leaflets and Mariupol um, with the surrender. This was. I might have some World War II stuff I could bring. The, like, like the Japanese that? would drop stuff that was... They like, used to hey, drop them out of bombs, too. They, they would say stuff like, uh, oh, you know, while you're out here fighting, your wife is at home with the neighbor, with, with Johnny the neighbor, having a good time. <laughs> I mean, they're trying yeah, to but, psych you out. See, but that, that's obvious propaganda. But like in, in Mariupol, they were uh, having terms of their surrender on the little leaflets. I thought that was so crazy. Wait. Just going to load a uh, artillery weapon with a message since we're not communicating in any other means, like... Can't call them or hit them on the radio. Wait, so you know they're listening to each other on the radio traffic. They wrote their surrender conditions on an artillery show, which is like a bomb or what? Maybe y'all could explain it better. But there's, uh, it explodes in like uh, brochures explode and brochures yeah. of their so surrender. Uh, the the artillery show looks like a, a hollow town. tube. It's like a hollow tube. Okay, and it and it has a uh, a cavity that's packed full of these brochures, and then there's a time delay fuse on the front. So that when they fire this thing, the timer is kicking down, and they know about where it'll be, and it uh, sets off a small ejection charge that blows those leaflets out the back of that canister, and then they just fall to the ground. Leaflets? So it is. So the front of it sounds like it could still be. Oh, lethal. the front of it's still going to take your head off if it hits you. I mean, it weighs fifty pounds. You know, it's yeah, whirling so to the earth. It's a win-win for the. Well, Russians. they're bo- they're shelling them anyway. Yeah, right. So, yeah, we killed one guy sending you a message, but uh, we started firebombing Japan. I think in March of forty-five. And what we would eventually do was we would go over the city, we would drop leaflets that said, we are going to firebomb your city on such and such a date. It says that, observe the power of your enemy and your government's inability to protect you. And they would literally warn the people like that just and, and kind of like let the people leave. The first time they didn't leave, and mm. then, then after that they did. So. You're saying we did that? Yeah, we did that. We were warm. Uh, what, what country does that? Like, hey, listen, so we're going to blow you up on this day. Uh, you got plenty of time to get out. They didn't do that. For, did they do that for Pearl Harbor? Did they tell everybody, hey, listen, we're coming in to blow up your Navy? Quite the opposite. But they apologized for that just about, what, 20 years ago. Oh. That they hadn't declared war before they, uh, that was a mistake. You know that, right? That makes I'm it sure. all better. Is that the 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 the, the uh, ambassador in Washington was supposed to deliver a de- declaration of war, like, I don't know, a certain amount of minutes before they started bombing? <laughs> What happened? He went to the bathroom they, or what? No, they were they couldn't get it translated in time. They took time. They basically, they delivered it after they had already bombed. And Japan has it was a very <laughs> oh, great man. disgrace for Japan that they attacked without a declaration of war. Really, it I was. didn't know that. That's why you're on here, Rex. Yeah, well, there we go. I have my purpose. So yeah. yeah, a year ago, would you have ever thought that we'd be fighting a war in 2022 where leaf or <laughs> I think leaflet bombs were like a still being used? Oh yeah, if I think old technology is yeah. going to be around. There's some old technology that's going to be around for a long time. Just think of the basic. Uh, explosive devices that they're using in war right now. There, there's no replacement for some of those things anywhere on the horizon. Well, it's always fascinated me that, but what the first first thing we started doing was the Chinese who invented gunpowder. Yeah, and we started lobbing little hunks of metal at people. Yeah, we're still doing it. We would, yeah, we'd load it down a barrel, tamp it down, boom, one at a time. Well, now what do we do? We lob little hunks of metal at people really fast, but we're with, still doing with it a exactly. new gunpowder, but it's still exactly. gunpowder. Hundreds. Of the technology, or the 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 concept is hundreds and hundreds of years old. But so we're still doing this it. is essentially just a competition, right? Who can kill more faster or th- lob metal faster? 
Not always. Like, who can occupy? I mean, sometimes it's about land, right? Who can occupy this land and and be in control of it? And to do that, you have to lob some metal at them first. And <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. Sometimes not. Maybe just to show a force will get them to run off. It's just like getting the chickens out of the chicken pen, really, with a stick. It's like you, you got to corral them into the house, so you whoop them around a little bit, and they run in there. Just, they're doing the same thing, but on a on a country scale. Bigger you stick. Know? That's what Roosevelt said. Carry a big stick. It's just like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to sometimes, or chase them and like grab them and throw them in there. Because if I don't, then the coons come and eat them at night. So, have people forgotten that like the whole Ukraine war is still going on? I have until you tell I, me about yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely think so. God, that's crazy. Their virtue signal was hard, but then it, it, it faded gets old quickly. a little bit, you know. And some people have updated their profile pics. Some just haven't been active. I think on social media, but yeah, no, I'm kidding. I mean, obviously, I'm being cynical, but yeah, I mean, I do. I feel like our support is as thick as the. Is, if it's in the news cycle, they support it, but then they forget if it's not in the news cycle. I mean, what is that? Well, what's big and hot right now? I mean, I haven't turned the news on. I've been so uh, busy. Well, January sixth, but I don't feel like talking about that. Well, what's big is now is uh, is guns, guns, guns. Um, oh, no, it's gun. It went from monkeypox to gun control season. It did. And that's a historical thing I wanted to mention, since, and I was, I was talking to Beth earlier, and, and to you too. I mean, you know the phrase, got shot heard around the world, right? Yeah. What is that, you know? It started uh, the revolutionary... It's the first shot of the Revolutionary War. There you go. Which, and, and, and what were the British doing when we started firing them? What were they, what were they there? It was, Lex, it was a, Mostly a peaceful protest, I think. <laughs> yes, no. Concord, Massachusetts, they were there to confiscate guns. That was the beginning. That was the spark that set up the American Revolution: gun confiscation. The Mexican, the Mexican, the uh, Texas Revolution. The the flag you see, come and take it. What was that about? The first shot of the Texas Revolution was because the government was coming to confiscate guns for their safety. Well, yeah. Well, who's the government? Well, no, safety? yeah, that's yeah. That's, I'm just saying, point that out. The two revolutions on this on this continent, the catalyst that started them off was gun confiscation. That's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that, like, in that situation where America was created, all Americans would agree that's a good thing. So, I mean, avoiding government tyranny and, or, I don't know, I was just, today I was editing our last episode, Teasers, and I really liked thinking about it, and I was able to write a good summary, which was, okay, so we pointed out there's 56 million people killed by government tyranny in the effort to take their gun, well, after taking their guns for their safety and 56 million people have died in the 20th century from democide, which is government killing you. Russell made the point about, well, no, Matt said, and this is great, so I'm like, I really like rethinking this. There is no gun control, just gun distribution, which or is basically who wants the monopoly on force. Oh, yeah, they and don't so give them up. Try not to just be a Debbie Downer and say gun control, you know, just to kind of beat the same stick or whatever over and over again throughout the years. I think it was really important to say, okay, look, until you, if you really want to address gun control, you first have to address fear of government tyranny or fear of, of extermination by government, fear of democide. That's because that's really what guns are for, right? Like it's actually because we don't want someone to, so how do you do that? How do you build trust in government? And Russell made the joke last week, like, haha, how do you make uh, the 99 is pure, but the 1% is bad. You're still going to have it. How? I think is actually by making the government smaller. And we don't talk about that as much as we used to back in the day. Like, if that government was smaller everywhere, I think that would be the, a step in the right direction of actually well, everybody's trusting response government is, more. There which, should be a law for that. There should be a law for that. Yeah, that ought to be illegal. Yeah. That it's ought to be illegal. It bigger, and it's making it bigger. Yeah, so I think if you want to start really talking about gun control, 
you have to trust the government first. So who is going to hoard all the force? Who's trying to hoard the power? There shouldn't. It should be evenly distributed, right? So then there's but more that's, trust. That's what people used to know. And that's why at Lexington, or Concord rather, that was the, they, they knew, they say, we can't, once they get the guns, it's over. And, and the same in, in Gonzales. They said, once they get the guns, it's over. They had, they had to draw the line there. But people have lost that. It's the, it's the phrase that can't happen here. People don't. They're so far removed from history. They, they, they think it can't happen here. They, it can't happen here. What's on Netflix tonight? <laughs> exactly. But, but, but people don't understand that if, if they were to disarm the public's po- population, that's it. Well, I think, uh, like you said, this is what it's for. But really also, if you can't afford private security, well, then what's the DIY version of private security? Uh, a mace, private, a whistle, and yeah, your cell phone. Right. Okay, a horn, but, horn. So oh, also, man. a lot of people can't... Mace, um, do you say that as a joke? It's not even allowed in New York in some places. Really? Really? So what do you do? So. I could Stop be it. wrong. I could you, be wrong. You, you just can't defend not, yourself. But I, there's a, oh, okay. yeah. a lot of common things you'd think that is like not allowed there. So. Well, in my Canada... My nephew in Brooklyn, he got arrested for having a knife on him. I was driving into Canada a couple years ago, oh. and there's a big sign at the entrance, and it said, you know, obviously it says no guns. But it said no knives, no slingshots. I mean, I mean, we know all this stuff, and my kids were taking spoons and, like, flicking rocks. And they're like, look, Dad, we're breaking the law in Canada. We're flinging a rock. Like, it, where does it end? Like, no slingshot? What the hell are they talking about? No slingshot? That's David and Goliath stuff. You, well, can't, you can't sling a rock in Canada? So a lot, a lot of people in the cities, um, they don't actually understand that people that live out in the county, like, you know, it might take 15 minutes for the sheriff to arrive, a deputy sheriff to arrive. So, like, what you have, like, who else is going to secure your property? Well, none of that. Let me give you an example. So, I did a thing out in the desert, and people were confused about what it was, and uh, they called the law on me. And I had an army tank out there and a bunch of troops walking around, so it looked kind of weird, I, I admit, but it was a leadership camp. But anyway, I saw the, uh, the Coast Guard airplane flying over, and they were taking pictures, obviously. And I got the call, hey, come back, law enforcement wants to talk to you. And it took them an, over an hour to get out there on the highway. And then they flat out told the, the locals, like, we don't even know how to get back there. Where is this place? And so I, I had to send my person to go get them and escort them in. Yeah, so it's in definitely event, not a place you call So in the event, I needed them. You like, 911, yeah, I'm yeah. being attacked. These people no, have shot but me. also, for the listeners to know, you're, when you're in Brewster County, that's, the, I think, the largest county in Texas with only nine sheriffs on hand. Oh, it's pitiful. People walk with guns on your hips. There's plenty of places in Texas where people walk with gun on their hip. I mean, you see it here even. So, But there, people are like, oh, why would you do that? It's life or death. If you do not have a gun on your hip there and you see an animal or hog or, some, or someone, sadly, that comes over the Mexican border, your life is at risk. Or not so, even. There's some people out there doing some hard drugs, man. Anyways, I, mean, I don't think people do realize well, that like guns are used, well, we used and to, needed. We used to be an agrarian society in rural, and now like 90-10, and now we're 90% urban. And, you know, so we only have a small percentage of people that are rural. Are we really 90%? Is it that heavy into the cities? I thought it would actually be like 60, 40, 60 rural. I think so. No, that's why, are that's why, like, New York and just state guess. is screwed because you there's so through? many people in the city. Okay, but my but, point is we just need to, so it's only this small fringe minority group of rural people, wait, and we just need to eliminate them, and then, <laughs> then we won't need guns. Oh, that's us, though, so I need to be eliminated. Yeah, hold on. So, actually, I just, I don't think it's 90-10. I would actually, I would actually argue there's more people in rural America than there is in the urban area, and I used to live in L.A., like. Mm, well, no. let's think about Houston, like, um, 
it's like if six million people now, or right, Google if you, Earth, 10 million if you include all of the outer suburbs, like that all counts as urban. You know, that's not yeah. rural. When I when I say rural, I mean, I think like, America's you got to be out this rural, far. Though. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, most area you look at is rural. The people are all condensed in the cities. We'll put it this way: it's a lot different than it used to be. I mean, it we used to be all. Hey, can all you look rural. this up? Okay, there I know it's going to be difficult because where do you draw the line? You know, between well, the word yeah, rural and urban. urban. See what the the, just the duck, oracle duck, says. Go search it and say, you oh, know, duck, duck, go. Rural. You're a racist. <laughs> no, actually, I don't even want to promote them. They did sell out, and they've got a lot of press, bad press them. lately. Oh. Yeah, they know they've s- decided to sell our data as well. So. Oh well, no, thanks for telling I'm me guess, that. Okay, I could be wrong on that, but no, I'm positive they had some negative news. I just don't know specifically yeah. if it was that they sold our data. Yeah, uh, duck, duck goes bad now. Um, so yeah, I don't know where else to turn, guys. But well, well you not, shouldn't. I'm not going duck on. Them. You okay. shouldn't even be using. It's start with your browser. Get get a Brave browser. Brave has a search engine as well. So if you have to, at least use. If you want to use Google, do it at least on a Brave browser. A I'm brave gonna, browser. What Google. the hell is that? So what we use to interface with the internet are called internet browsers. Google okay. Chrome is one of them. Mo- one of the most popular Chrome. ones. Internet yeah. Explorer. So there's Microsoft one called Edge. Brave Browser? Yes. Okay. All right. So on mine, I have Google Chrome, Bra- two versions of Brave, Firefox, which is they claim kind of to be privacy-oriented, Microsoft Edge, yeah. Internet Explorer, and Tor. Tor would be privacy maximalism. Yeah. But it's, it's I use so, Firefox. It's so good, it's like slow. Oh, what it. about Bing? Oh, God, they died. <laughs> what about I Yahoo? Love I love you, Rex. <laughs> they died like 10 years ago. I, I mean, they died I still Matt still holds on to a Yahoo There's, email. I so love it when I. people are, oh, so I, I love I've had it for, I've I've had had it for 23 years. I've had my Yahoo, and it works just fine. Wow. I love uh, it. Okay. Little so, government eyeball oh, right Russell, there on you. You are actually doing excellent. You are multitasking. I'm sorry, guys. My computer's literally dead, so it's just me and this switchboard today. Oh, speaking of switchboard, I hope you are enjoying this. So you got to be watching on video to appreciate what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I'm hitting our panels. Hey, can I just had a, a, a thought we're talking about. You're talking about redistribution and, and call 911. Aren't these the same people who are calling the cops racists and, and defund them? And, I, I think and, they yeah. went through that cycle. They defunded them, and they found out, oh, that wasn't really a good idea. So they're, they're funding them again now, okay. I think. So now police are good again? Well, no, they're not good again, but they're funding them. But they want them to have all the guns, though. Right. Yeah, they what, got guns. What'd you come okay. up with the population? But they also thing? have people trained in de-escalating situations. Actually, and I agree with it. I think there needs to be some people out there that go to that insane person, not not a crazy guy with a gun or a knife, but you know, people that obviously don't need to be shot. They they need mental help. There needs to be somebody that can go to them. Yeah, nice. Def- yeah, defuse it before it gets bad. And you got to know what the difference is. I mean, there's a guy standing there with a yeah, shotgun. You know. That's a different call. There's somebody yeah, standing there I mean, screaming and pulling his uh, hair out. It's another. Yeah. I'm sorry. Back Apparently, to Russell. Apparently, she wants to have a conversation at the same time sorry. as you guys. I didn't. That um, doesn't work in a podcast. Okay, so we only need to. <laughs> so you know, to solve this know? gun control issue, we only need to eliminate 17 percent of the population. So um, I mean, is that rural? According, according to the internet, in 2020, there were approximately. 57.2 million people living in rural areas in the United States compared to 272.9 million people living in urban areas. And if you do the math, it's 17% are rural. So we only need to eliminate those folk that think they need to own guns. And then in the cities, we can have the police protect us, and they'll be the only ones allowed to have firearms. And all live happily ever after. So is, so what is 100 minus 17? Is it 83, 84 
Well, minus 20 to be 83. So 84% is urban. And so it's 1,700 holding strong to their guns. So 17 I'm sure they do clingers. just fine. Bitter clinging. I'm just kidding. Actually, so one thing I don't, I hear um, a lot of conservative commentators say that the left is losing the gun control debate. But I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. Like gun, somehow firearm ownership is becoming more popular even within the left. Well, I it think there is. Did well, during COVID. During I think COVID, people are yeah. saying, even after COVID, I think people are looking at how crazy the world is. And they're like, okay, buddy, you turn in your gun, but uh, I'm keeping mine. I do know people in the left. Uh, this was back when the Obama scare was happening. They were like, hey, uh, I think I should go buy a gun. Like, yeah. They didn't want to oh, tell yeah. anyone. But right. They, yeah. I saw that. I've seen that before. And I think that's what's going on. I think people are saying, yeah, I'm watching the news and things are bad and something needs to be done, but I'm not giving up mine. And I mean, let's be real. Who let let's blow this up. There's Tyrannosaurus Rexes running out there. Uh, but you, you you shouldn't have a gun. There's these people you call, they might be there in about forty five minutes and, and they can shoot the T Rex, but you gotta give your gun up. N- nobody would do it. Nobody would do it. Well, I think most people most sense. I think as soon as um there's some form of Gun significant gun control implemented on people that already have them. How many people are going to lose theirs in a boating accident? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, what was that little funny meme that it was just like I saw it on the internet? Like, you know how people? It was a meme that was made at, after the news broke that people were voluntarily turning in their guns to virtue signal, and so it's like I'm turning in my such and such. Is no one following me on the meme? Sorry. Well, hang, hang on. In that, in that same parallel, why hasn't anyone put together the maximum virtue signal would be either a gun buyback or gun confiscation slash send the confiscated guns to Ukraine? Well, that's a really good idea. Guns for Ukraine. Let's get rid of them in America. Send them to Ukraine. Yes. And then they can send them back when we need them. Because that's we're brilliant. Sitting. You know why it wouldn't work, though? I'll tell you why it wouldn't work. Because if you ever look at a gun buyback, Everybody brings grandpa's old piece of shit rifle yeah. that, that's 50, 60 years old with a bunch of wood on it, like this junk sitting around us. These and are... they pass it in, and they get like 200 bucks for it. They didn't take the AR-15 off the street. Nobody's turning in their $1,500, $2,000 firearm for two, for $100. They're not. But and It's these, feel good. It's all are, it is. Yeah. Feel good. These are airsoft guns, but keep going. Yeah, well. For those that aren't watching, this is also video recorded, and she's referring to what's surrounding us, our airsoft um, guns. Yeah. Well, so paintball guns in here too. Yeah. Okay. And some paintball. You're right. And we, Matt does host events out at his property quite often for Beth, the airsoft so and themed paintball events. guys. So yes, for people Russell. who are listening only, how would you go about watching this? Oh, you could find us on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. And Rumble is the more freedom-oriented platform. I don't know about Odyssey. Yeah, it is. Odyssey actually is. I can't. Don't know if we're auto uploading it to there. <coughs> uh, but Rumble's auto uploads. Speaking of platforms, uh, Quantum Bombs is now on Sphinx for those oh, that... Oh, yeah. yes. No, no, Russell, please tell us about that. So, yeah, go to quantumbombs.com. You'll see everywhere where we're at on all the applications. But more cooler is we're working on getting into the Web3 world. And um, you could definitely support us there by streaming us Satoshi's on a lot of the applications that allow you to do that. And when she says we, she means Russell. Yeah, Because we don't know Web3. <laughs> yeah, no, she hired some someone out to uh, set up a, a, a Bitcoin Lightning node, and I don't oh. have anything to do with it. it. It's probably on, like, Tor. So oh, I'm so smart. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are the places? Could they do? Okay. There's, like, ma- three main apps that are, like, Web3-based that will allow you to stream a Satoshi. Well, that, that's not true. So uh, as far as audio-only modern podcasting apps, if you don't know if you're listening on a modern podcasting app, if 
you have to it does it have the ability to send and receive bitcoin on the lightning network if it does then that's a modern podcasting app or is it also a bitcoin wallet and if your podcasting app is also a bitcoin wallet then i would say that's a modern podcasting app there's about eight of them and they all can stream satoshis per minute or you can choose zero and just listen for free but it's called value for value and you get value and you send value with no uh third party or no advertisers and the two that I would recommend to start with uh, is Breeze or Fountain. Fountain, and uh, and there's another one called Sphinx Sphinx Chat, and you create tribes on there, and then the podcast is on there, and uh, yeah, and that but you can stream on that one too, and you can send paid messages and stuff like that. So if you want to send hate and you want to make sure that hate's going to get read, well, the more you send, not only you know the oh, yeah. more you oh, know that hate's going to get read. But we're gonna feel that hate even more with the oh, I know. You, you can hate and us I'm all. You no, know, I would love for people to want to stream us a lot of Satoshi so they could tell how awful we are for sitting in a room surrounded in airsoft guns. Yeah. Um. No. What? Yeah. What is actually mentioning? A lot of people don't realize podcasting obviously is really big right now. But the Pod Father is it Bill Curry? What's his name? Adam Curry. Adam Curry, the Pod Daddy, the first guy that invented <laughs> podcasting. It wasn't Joe Rogan, as we know he is the most popular. It was Adam Adam Curry, and he. 100% streams his podcast only audio, right? Yeah. But he's very traditional and um, he is, you know, he streams Satoshis, meaning you could tip him in Bitcoin. And what that means is streaming Satoshis, Satoshis is a really small increment of Bitcoin. So you could set up your phones and be like every minute, you know, donate us like 0. 0.03 Satoshis, which like over an hour might add up to like a, a 10, 10 cent. cent donation. Oh my god. So gosh. it's really cool. I mean, we you say that, but what he's talking about, and we're going to rewind back no, to this episode, you know, five years from now, I want to bet, and hopefully, because this is actually decentralization for the better in social media, all of the problems, all the bots, everything we're complaining about on social media is instantly fixed. Because if you want to make it like, your like and comment to me matters. Like you said, if you want to send me hate comments, like, oh, this show is so dumb. You actually are going to pay to get that scene. And if you just want to send me love, you're also going to pay. So, and it's built on money. It's social media. Everything is built on money and everything is value. I just Tra- want everybody to know that for a million dollars, I will shut up. <laughs> Look, so you're scoffing. Yeah, seriously. And yeah, we will get love tips and and I never thought about hate tips, but you know what? People, I would love for people to hate yeah. me too, all the way to the bank. That means four million because so I got to have a meal for myself. See, you're scoffing. You're scoff. You just scoffed at like ten cents. But what you don't realize is when you get on YouTube and you see five seconds of an ad and skip through it, like that's a frac. Like that's a fraction of a penny, right? But that adds up when you got millions of people doing that all the time. You know, constantly. So, yes, it isn't a lot of money, but it's still at the same like. Um, Relevance as what was what's going on with Web two and their advertising model. It's I just it. the I difference it. it's is quantity. it's instead of a the the Web two platforms getting the money, it's going to it's skipping the advertiser and all that and just going directly to the content provider. Mm. So this is a future of mm. content. I'm excited about it. It is. It's the future of of social media, it cleans out all the bots. It cleans out all the, the stupid stuff. Well, like, y'all can okay. send this to Rex uh, because this, Rex was I in West Texas in once way. and he dug through my trash can because the workers had thrown a few cans away and, and dug through there and then drove it back nine hours. And I think you collected <laughs> 26 cents or something. 
Uh, just if you saw a quarter on the floor, would you ground? Would you sleep? Like you would. Yeah, but but but, most but, uh, but no, he he died, like worked like the can. The bags were tied up. He opened them up and. You have to be a little bit better at math. So if you take a million and multiply it times ten cents, see if you do that a million times. Yeah, I don't no. like. Waste. I, one last point is like in the comment section, like there's different types of trash comments everywhere. But like I'll get a bunch of heart emojis from a hundred different men, which. I mean, that doesn't really that always works. spruce up. Like, it doesn't really enlighten anybody's life. It makes me feel special, but someone can only receive so many heart emojis before can we talk it's about just normal. But genitalia? now, if you're actually... Oh, I don't get that many penis pics in my comments, penis but it happens to everybody. <laughs> it does. You're going to get them. <laughs> yeah, everybody send Russell a, a dick pic. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right, so... One thing that we maybe could jump into, it'd well, be fun, we need, we or need, what? Okay, so I, I think it's it's worth pointing out how this happened, okay. and, and it's because, so, you know how, like, was it, uh, Kodak or Barnes & Noble, like these old-fashioned stores that didn't adapt to the internet, they went out of business, right? right. Yeah. Well, the Bitcoin Lightning Network is, I think, is happening, you can see, like, a bunch of companies are jumping on board with the Bitcoin Lightning Network, and if you don't, you're kind of going to go down as if you didn't adopt the internet. And Beth saw this, and she was really concerned, like, "Hey, quantum bombs! We're not on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. We maybe we're going to be obsolete in like five years. What could we do? Okay, we got to get on the Bitcoin Lightning Network, and that's how it all happened. So now, quantum bombs." Has yeah. adopted. The, I am the, an excellent producer. I, know. I mean, when I say that, I'm talking about like Walmart, Target, like, yeah. or, or better yet, a Meta. Um, so. If you didn't already know, Facebook tried to uh, launch their own cryptocurrency called the Libra, which supports the metaverse, right? Which I think is on. It Odyssey. failed. The con- so it, they got regulated and it, it, they weren't decentralized enough. Uh, you know, obviously they were going to create it. I so, bought some so of that. It's gone. The, Bitcoin, the Libra. The, it's gone. The, the so I lost my money. If you bought Facebook, you, it, there was never a point in time where you could have bought it. So this is why oh, I know okay. you. I don't know. I bought something. You Somebody bought said something, it had something that to do with Meta. With L, right? No, it was something to do with the support in the metaverse. Well, Meta, Facebook renamed itself Meta. So when I, and it's kind of confusing now. Yeah, actually, but Meta has, a, a, has so made did, plans to build on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. The okay. geeks didn't accept them in the community, or was it, or when you said it wasn't decentralized enough? Okay. So if the federal government can bring somebody before them and have them, you know, appear before Congress and say, yeah, you can't do that. Like, who are they going to bring it out of the Bitcoin community to stop? You're going to dig Satoshi Nakamoto up and tell no, him? And so he's how, did it, how did you it happen? You can't stop then? some... Well, Facebook is centralized. You bring the Zuck, you know, you can bring yeah, him in front no of Congress. Wanted, I, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know. Wait, they and did he, bring him in front of Congress? To yeah. yeah. Oh, and the, wait, so they were... Wait, hold on. Let me ca- follow this. <laughs> Congress is regulating who is and isn't decentralized enough in the cryptocurrency world? Am I understanding yeah, you correctly? Well, yeah. I mean, maybe the SEC is probably doing that. But uh, I, I don't know the details, but they couldn't get off the ground due to regulation. Uh, well, no, I'll be honest. I mean, how is... Zuck, he couldn't find more of a tool bag nerd. I, and I'm so surprised they haven't like just replaced him with someone. I mean, I, this is me being mean. Sorry, I shouldn't be mean. I should try to find my higher conscience. He drinks self, water but, funny. But <laughs> you watch him when he was right. before Congress and he was drinking water. You, he was drinking. Beth, it. you're blocking Rex. No, I'm just. This is. I'm just recording. What, what my issue with this new camera angle? It's like you see the picture I just took. Get them. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We're laughing because. We're just, you know, I haven't figured out this uh, studio of ours yet. So every time we've kind of changed tables, we've changed cameras a million times, we've changed software. 
It's been tough. So today I progress. have an angle of, of Rex where progress. basically if I just want to push my hand out, you can't see Rex. <laughs> it's a work in progress. But hey, so let's uh, jump into a topic maybe we haven't got a chance to talk about yet, but I think it might be cool. Um, something that's kind of come in and out of the news is uh, AI. Um, I know Russell's had a couple things to say about it. Matt and I were discussing it this past week, and you brought up some really cool points. Well, I was just... I would say that uh, I watched Elon Musk talk about it. I mean, I'm sure everybody has because he's sounding the alarm about AI. He's saying that if we don't do something now, we're going to be in trouble. And I totally understood what he meant when he said that we cannot wait to be reactive. We have to be proactive. And we, we can't be reactive in the way that we've been with everything else. And a good example is the Department of Transportation. So the reason we have the... Uh, the codes for the Department of Transportation is because of dynamite being hauled on trains back in the day. You know, dynamite was invented in the 1860s, and there were uh, there were little plants that sprung up all over the, the world, actually, but in the United States, and people would make manufactured dynamite, and they would haul it all over the country, uh, and salesmen would go to new mines and say, hey, buy our dynamite. It's better than the other guy's dynamite. And some of the, there's some stories, there's some really interesting stories about this. One, one instance was uh, a salesman, had brought some dynamite, got off of a train, went to a hotel, and the in the process of manufacturing the nitroglycerin, they didn't wash it good enough to get the acid out of it. And if you if you don't do that, it'll actually start to degrade and, and can have a runaway reaction, heat, and then potentially blow up. So while he's sitting in the lobby of this uh, of this hotel, his his suitcase starts having red fumes smoking coming out of this thing. And uh, people alert him to it, and he freaks out, and he grabs it, runs and sets it out in the street, and runs back, and the thing blows up out in the street. So it was about to blow up in this hotel lobby. And instances like that were happening in transport. They, they would load up cases of dynamite. They'd be going down the, the uh, train tracks, and something would happen. A whole train would blow up. And so they would have – I mean, this went on for years. And then they – uh, started putting together committees to research what can we do to stop this, and then eventually they put together teams of people to come up with legislation, and they inst- they uh, inst- you know they inst- they start these laws and they implement them, and now we have the regulations that we have today. What Elon Musk is saying is that you cannot use that system, which is the same system we use today for everything. Look what they're talking about with gun control. It's like people are getting shot up, and we're talking about so we're not we weren't proactive. Yeah, well, you could say, okay, people had guns. I'm, I'm making a broad statement here. But we're generally not proactive about things. We're reactive to things. So we, we do stuff. There's a problem. We analyze it, and then we get government involved, and it takes years to implement these rules and, and enforcement teams to, to keep this in line. With AI, it's not going to work because you don't have the time. Because by the time AI does something we don't like and we fart around and get this uh, organization together to analyze our problem and do it, get a committee going. The AI has already exponentially flown through the roof with whatever problem it presents. And that's what he's saying is, I'm talking to the president, I'm telling everybody I can, we need to be proactive about AI because once this gets out of the bag, we will never put it back in the bag. Okay, I'll be the ignorant because I am. Uh, what is the threat of AI? I, well, hold on. I think the perfect, well, yes, I think the perfect example for you to kind of picture how fast AI is, because he told me this, and this is, was the chess, the yeah, chess I'm, example. I'm, I'm butchering this completely, but basically they, they took a, a very good chess player, I mean, like top of the country, put him up against AI, and AI beat him. And it wasn't long before AI was beating the best in the world. And then it wasn't long before that that other AI came in and could beat that AI, 
And we were talking five minutes, well, 30 minutes, something yeah. like that. So On the, the point of, um, okay, so humans are self-destructive, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we try, but we still fight and go to war, and we still eat bad food, right? We're self-destructive in, in almost all of a lot of facets. And AI will be know that don't hurt humans. Human, human life is, is valuable, right? If we tell well, it. Well, if it knows that we're valuable, but yet we are the, only, we are the largest self-destructive okay. thing to ourselves it will then immediately govern us, but at such For a quick rate. Good. And if AI is mapped and networked as computers, like our computer networks are, in an instant, it could turn against us for our own good. And it would almost coordinate it. Like, I mean, think about it. If it chess is the ultimate battle, right? So if it, I think it may have won faster than that. I can't, because me and your son were talking about that today, actually, Kelly. It, well, it's going to blow and, away and, anything you think so of. So it's going to, it could quickly just make a plan to, in order to protect us, since human life is precious, it could then put us in a glass box in an instant to not harm ourselves anymore. I don't know. That's just my well, thoughts. What well, are your thoughts, Russell? I know well, you know uh, a lot more on this subject Rhea, than all Rhea, of us. What was your question, Rex? Why? Uh, I don't know. What, what is the threat of AI? Okay. I mean, that, what, that, that, that's that she, a perfect you question. You actually gave me a great example there. What, um, what is a threat? Uh, an anthill is a colony of ants that are out there. What are they a threat? Are they in threat of us? Are they in threat of us? Are they? In, are, yeah. Are, are they threatened lives, by us? Are, are their lives endangered oh, by ab- our absolutely present, potentially? Right? Potentially. Yeah. But let's say I want to build a road from here to on the other side of where the anthill is. Now, is their existence in in a th- is it in threatened? Well, if you're going to build a road, then then yeah, we're definitely right. okay. So a- AI is um, kind of what he was talking about is ai is incredibly way smarter than we would ever be so they may not care either way about our existence we're just like ants to them if it's just get, gonna take the logical route we get in their way there's not it's gonna be about like that anthill versus us it will become the dominant species is what you're basically saying and um, we will be you know either but if as long as we're not in their way we're fine but then if it has okay that's diff- yes uh, yes all, but then and then another way i think she was kind of getting at is if you program AI to, let's say, maximize happiness for all human beings, we don't know if they're going to rationalize that as a human would. And what if that, if they think that means uh, put uh, in, inject as much dopamine into our brain as possible and have us live in a pod? Because okay. ha- they define happiness equals dopamine. So how do you get as much dope? You know, so like if they're so logical, so that would be it. <laughs> They're so logical. They're just like, you know. No, that's very true, actually. They would give us the right amount of dopamine based on, like, the maximum. But I think the the larger conversation I would like to have is is if AI was, uh, if we were just meant to be a seed to develop AI. Like, if, if let's say, uh, there's a oh, universe. If there's a universe and there's a bunch of planets and the life evolves in the way uh, life evolves is by just chance, right? Like uh, evolution is very slowly over time. Uh, the things that work survive, and the ones the the the, the micro evolutions that don't work die out. And so, you know, the ones that work uh, keep procreating until you end up with what we have. That's very slow until life gets smart enough to design something that uh, is like synthetic life, which would be AI. That's a quantum step. And then that, yeah. So now you go beyond advancing from the evolution, the old-fashioned way, and you go into the quantum evolution. And uh, it may be that uh, the wetsuits that we wear and the earth suits that we wear, like all we're just progressing to uh, evolve to AI. And that's all, that's like an, it's a, 
foregone conclusion. That's so where we're, we're the, going regardless. We're, the, we're potential Neanderthals, and we will serve our time, and then something yeah, and then better con- than us will consci- take over. Yeah, consci- and then AI could become self-aware and conscious and all of that, and then you get kind of like what the Matrix 3 or whatever, right? So Yeah. Nobody saw that a long time ago. Like, how's this story going to end? <laughs> the Matrix? That we just grow grow into this. No, well, I don't, I'd even heard years and years ago they said that it's possible that Actually, actually, DNA is what's actually meant to go on. We're just the vehicles that carry it. I don't know where that came from, but, I mean, it sounds like, like yeah, we, we think we're it. We're the end all and the be all. Well, maybe we're just the thing that's here to introduce the AI. AI. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, uh, but George was... Carlin, I'm sorry. No, nope, go ahead. George Carlin, when he talked about he talked about uh, Earth Day, maybe he has been mm-hmm. on Earth Day, when he said, said, how do we know that the Earth just wanted pla- didn't want plastic and didn't know how to get it? So he, that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> And then when we're gone, it'll be the earth plus plastic. And I and do like that. You're yeah. right. How do we know? I guess the reason I I like that you're taking it that far, Russell, and I know I think Elon or many other people have talked about that, what if this is assimilation side assimilation. But I don't think that, well, I guess just me personally, but that leaves out God or an infinite intelligence hmm. and its design. Not necessarily. And I don't think he really designed. Well, okay, I'll have to say this. My perspective is pretty limited upon our causal body, which is our idea thought matrix that's covered by the astral body of light, which is covered by our meat suit that we wear when we're here on this planet. But so that's my limitation. And I know that those three bodies are designed to live in three worlds and the other two are the astral heavens. So, you know, we got earth, astral heaven, and then causal heaven. So I don't know how being in, you're saying, um, like a robotic matrix, I feel like that would almost be kind of a mixture of the astral world and the causal world because the causal world is a th- is thoughts and ideas, and the astral is, is an energy, is a light based vibration. Well, substance. then that would mean there's so, one more there's one more evolutionary step past that, and that would be to drop the physical completely because AI is still going to be dependent upon a physical source of energy a physical covering of some well well, a physical realm they don't it's not just thought it's not just information it has to have energy from somewhere whether it's the sun that'll one day burn out you know heating up you know working with solar panels or it's uh nuclear reactions which at some point some massive distance in the future that would all be gone but so, that's in this physical world. We need the sun. There's dimensions that I'm, don't require the sun. That's what I said. It's oh, okay. That would be the next evolutionary step past AI. So if we're at a step that goes into AI, then after AI would be the Actually, non-physical. Now that I think about it, what Russell is describing, <coughs> I think I get it now, is if we go into this electrified thought matrix, we're only discussing that here on planet Earth. And so actually, I guess it could fit into my understanding, which is because... Again, I don't know how that thought matrix, though, loses consciousness. Like, the consciousness is actually just a tie to our meat suit right now while we're here in, in Earth. Like, anything's obviously possible in the astral and the causal worlds. More so, I say possible because we're unable to measure them from this physical existence. And most of our consciousness can't, co- can't comprehend it. There are humans that can. Okay, but you're saying this computer body is maybe what we were designed to do versus being a meat suit. Uh, well, no, the develop, like we are the seed, like if you plant an acorn seed, like it looks nothing like an oak tree. True. So <laughs> it grows. Yes. Did yes, I get my trees right? Yes, you did. So, <laughs> so it, what I'm suggesting is the human beings are the seed and what we're going to grow, what we're building is AI and that's what the tree. So we it won't looks, become that. It, it, looks, will re- it will replace us. Yeah. And yeah. will we like it? Not Apparently not. So. Well, you will. <laughs> hey, but I don't know. I mean, like, 
why would the seed build a tree if it didn't like it? I, I mean, just to. in his acorn example. I don't I know. know. I'm trying to understand. Well, is it dystopian or not? It. I mean, they, if you watch determined. nature, stuff gets washed away. I mean, something new comes in and the old gets washed away. So what's creepy, though, is uh, we're building... We're building both AI and humanoid robots. Tesla is um, Elon Musk says that he's going to have a humanoid robot like within two years. Oh, they're going. Uh, they're going to. If you look at the sex industry and how far they're coming with these uh, the Dolls skin, and the, the, yeah, all that stuff. They're well, they're really realistic. Okay. So apply that with take AI, take those two technologies, put them together, yeah. and someday you will have to ask well, somebody: Are you humanoid or are you human? I told your son that today. I said, you, yeah. you will see it in your lifetime. I do want yeah. to point out, at least with tell. Elon, right, no. being that we're an avid fan, and is that he said, I mean, he basically points out, like, yes, he's probably one of the top five people on the planet that is contributing to the AI race, but he's also the one that, like, keeps tweeting out, hey, these are, like, three books I've read that really warn you on AI, and then actually, like you mentioned, he actually tried to involve the government beings and they're all, they're all that. snoozing on it of course no one's not. doing it because it, it requires a complete shift of the way we operate we operate from reaction as opposed to proaction like we, saying guys this is, it's like the first guy that invented dynamite should have said you know what transporting this is going to be a problem they didn't do that they're like money and they made yeah, it I was start just shipping it say in fact i don't really think we'll ever change like i do think our societies will com- always run on capitalism-ish first, money-ish first. Maybe in the few hundred years, it'll change because in my personal religion, things do get more enlightened as the years go by. Well, the best example I've ever liked to use for uh, reactionism is why are there enough lifeboats on ships now? Because the Titanic. There we go. 1,500 people drown. They go, oh, you know what? Let's put enough boats on there. <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> just, 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 just a thought. <laughs> yeah, why did that happen? You're like, how many lifeboats do we need? Enough for everybody? Nah, nah. I mean, that'll never happen anyway. Just put well, a few. Lifeboats were based on tonnage. They said a ship that weighed more than 10,000 tons had to carry 16 lifeboats. What's that got to do with the people? Yeah, hello? Nothing. The Titanic weighed 46,000 tons, but it, it, was, it was more than 10,000, so they had 16 lifeboats. <laughs> that, that how many people were well, on? How many people did those 16 lifeboats? Uh, well, they saved 705. There was 2,207 people on the ship. Good grief. I think the problem was it went down in really cold water. Except for one guy who studied Wim Hof. The, he the, stayed the alive for like two hours, right? Yeah, he's, yes. He, he went, a, he went he forward in time and studied <laughs> Wim Hof. Well, he got drunk and he knew how to breathe. It is kind of... Really? That, I, yeah. That, well, well they, they, that's, no one knows why, but everyone froze to death. But this one guy, he held on to the side of a lifeboat until someone died and they threw him off and they pulled him in. But he was there for a long time in the water. Where Breathing. Else, yeah. <sighs> somehow he like did. Like this. It. Let's do it. <sighs> Yeah, they said it was because he was drunk, but I think that alcohol makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, so that wasn't it. But he, he overpowered it. Well, there you go. Anyway, there's a little more history for you. Yeah. Well, So I feel like on the AI, we skipped too far past into the extreme because what we're going to be experiencing... It's going to get there quick. <laughs> well, well yeah. we, went, we went straight to superintelligence because some people would make that distinction AI or... Narrow AI and then superintelligence, or you know, superintelligence is like what would destroy humanity. Where narrow AI is just going to drive your Tesla car, but I think the narrow AI is it's we're, it's going to be here pretty soon, and uh, they're going to do the jobs nobody wants to do, and so you know, eventually they're going to start replacing all of the jobs which people think is bad. But not really because the cost of all the goods and services is just going to plummet. And so everyone, you know, it won't take 
much money to well, buy. I got a dumb question. Yeah. What are all these people going to do? They could get creative. Some of them. No, you laugh. Well, I, but, I agree. Okay. But some of them. But like what do you do about people that like are not create creative? Create art. Like I'm actually trying to because I've thought about this too. Okay, some of them can actually create art, which we all know will bring them happiness, bliss, and they will really be happy people. You'll get some like watercolors, you lost your job. For the 30% of people that aren't <laughs> creative. And, you know, nowadays you can create art and sell it on the internet, so I actually think this is viable. It's going to be a shitload of art on the internet. And, and you know, well, you're right. But if things <laughs> are cheaper, the there's... plummet. But no, if the things are... <laughs> you are kind of right on that too, Rex. I'm just trying to, like, weigh it out in my head. But, yeah, so some people do have a little bit more money because the cost of goods went down. They might be able to support these artists that have transitioned into artists, but what else could they do? I mean, that's I a good the, question. The bigger, yeah, that's a I tiny the, percentage. The bigger problem, I think, is going to be substance abuse because if you're they left... They get bored. With, if you have so much free time... They're going to rock that bus. Some people are going to... Some people are going to be great, right? They're going to, like, you know, freed up, and they could just do their hobbies, and they'll be able to enjoy the... If they like alcohol, they'll do it in moderation, but, like, some people won't. I mean... So, yeah, substance abuse. There's something to this because whenever I meet people, I, I've studied a guy, he talks about the three magic questions. One of the questions you always ask somebody is, what do you do? And people identify with their job. They identify with what they do. When, when you ask somebody, say, what do you do? And they say, I'm a plumber. I mean, th that's a, a, a plumber. There's so much more than a plumber, but they just identified their whole life with, I'm a plumber. You take that away, it's a huge problem. And, and I don't have the, the studies and everything to back this up up other than just sitting here looking at this knowing that people do identify with what their task is and you take that away and i see that there's going to be a problem i think that if we if we were to address it properly we could uh, get to a society where we we uh, educate the youth growing up that you have to develop like a daily routine let's say you i mean g g healthy things would be gym like a walk in a park but you would do these like seemingly boring things but you would come up with like a routine where maybe you live nearby a lake and you know for four months out of the year you go there and you swim a lap or something and then after that you go eat lunch somewhere and then after that you, you just come up with like a daily routine and then i think people would need that and then so like we're going to have to teach humans like look you know Balance. a healthy lifestyle you, you gotta you gotta have this routine that you like, get up but i'm gonna need actually more. do you'd have to create the create the normal balance you structure some so you know when you get up what are you gonna do oh what do i do every day i go i go walk to the lake i take a it would swim. drive me nuts that's First, called retirement home i need no. to jump to something is that what have we been talking matt, about the great oh, yes, i'm sorry well matt doesn't need it you could go be creative in your shop and make a, you know, one of those crazy things you got out there. You don't make need it. Table. You're not someone who needs that. But so, yeah, like, I'm just pointing okay. out people that are going to, that, uh, people that need something. Remember you know. the derpers or the, remember the, the, the vast majority we were talking about and you were clearly on the fringe of, uh, of the opposite of that. But yeah. I'm derping now. I, I struggle with it. I've been self-employed a long time now and it's, it's hard like working by yourself without a structured day. And I think when COVID hit that kind of like, changed everything for me because my only purpose in life was to wake up, go meditate at temple and then go to Starbucks and catch a coffee. And if without those two experiences in my life, I wasn't seeing people anyways. I, so I, okay. I get it. Needed. Fair enough. But people are going to want more, but I want to hear what Rex was about to say. Because I think what we're missing is this. You just, just was kind of like the, wait, there's an elephant in the room. What have we talked about? I need to stay with, with the mic, don't I? Um, for the last two years, we've been talking about the great conspiracy theory, population reduction. And they talk about the, the useless eaters. You've got the ones up here who run everything, and then there's this massive uh, group, the, the vast population that they consider to be superfluous. Well, you're just saying, well, right now, they are going to be able to replace us, the, the masses, with this type of stuff. It, it seems to play right into it. 
we're, we're not going to be finding stuff to do. We're going to be eliminated. They don't need us. Why would they need all of us down here eating up their resources Ooh. and using their fuel when they've got this AI and stuff that can do everything that what, we could do? What better to eliminate us with when those AI robots that, like, Boston Dynamics, you ever seen the four-legged one? Like, they mm. already have those with Ugh. weapons mounted on They're it. creepy looking. Oh, man, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. It's like just a, that, it's like we're, we're, we're not going to be here to, 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 you're to gonna, have us. You're going to get taken out by a robotic dog with, like, a 50 <laughs> cal mounted on its back. Yeah. What Guns are bad. They're going to outlaw those. Yeah. Suppress. No, gonna well, not... The, not the killer dog, though. Exactly. Just redistribute them to oh, the killer dogs. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it just makes what, it yeah. makes sense. They're not I, gonna, we're not going to be. We're not, they're not going to let us sit here and just look, use up resources and not accomplish anything. Well, resources what, you think will be. So? I think that's the Wait, whole so point. You're saying that without getting our, our tax dollars, you're saying like well, they won't. Don't. Why do they care? They why do they care what we're doing? They don't because first of all, there's this idea that number one, <laughs> let's get rid of all the people in the Midwest, give that back to the buffalo. Um, make we'll, we'll have the they have the wealthy that have their areas, and they, but they just we're superfluous. I, I we're, think the we're hunger the ocean. We're what the Hunger Games did a great job depicting, like where they had the elite and they dressed in these stupid outfits, and then they yeah, had stupid. the and then they the Hunger Games You're were right. literally and to the poor the, people got to the poor oh. people. Yeah, they, they and they they played in the games just to entertain the rich. That's people. gladiator stuff. Yeah. Oh man, the I, cycle of humans. I, You're right. Yeah. We do need the AI to come in but, and sweep in and just put us in a box. I, <laughs> I actually had to like have someone explain to me well several people before I was like okay most people probably are like this but I have never had a trouble like I never if I don't have a job like I was just fine like I stay completely oh, sure. I stay completely busy and productive without a job just fine but like I've had to have people explain this to me but like no man I got to have like got, like yeah I'll, like well that's why that whole thing about you will own nothing and be happy just doesn't sit well with me because you'll go, you'll go make something, then you'll own it. I, I want to make something. I think it's inherently in us. We were created by a creator to create. We, we create. That word's used a whole lot. So I like to create. I think we all like to create. And I think that, uh, I mean, hell, look at, look at this whole existence we have. It's about creating. I mean, it, you, you have this drive to make babies and go on, and plants are creating, and everything in nature is creating and trying to keep it going. And we take it to a higher level, and we're creating AI that might uncreate us. But uh, <laughs> but creating is a big deal. And I think when you take that away and you say, okay, go walk in the park, go play golf, uh, watch you know some stupid TV show, it, that goes back to the stuff that uh, a lot of life coaches are talking about now, which is you don't, you're not looking for some destination. It's not this place where you're, you're sitting in a robe and they're popping grapes in your mouth and fanning you with feathers. You, you, you don't want that. You want to find, you find your happiness, your true happiness is in that struggle and that climb. And so this routine, I, I mean, maybe I'm one in a million or well, something, but it's not going to work for me. Well, so I've actually seen a small part of human society at a consciousness festival that I went to Ooh. where you just have a bunch of like tents and booths and stuff. And, you know, they're not really selling anything. They're just doing stuff. And at one of them, <laughs> unlike the Unlike the manly ends, like there's literally somebody using old technology to do blacksmithing, and he, yeah, he's like cool. hammering out like a, some piece of metal that I didn't stay there long enough to see what he was making. Right. Point is, he's creating something, he's making something, and you go a few few tents over, and they're like have colored sand, and they're like drawing on it. Yeah, or yeah something. they're making something. But I'd like to think this like this is in Europe too, so everybody's is, speaking different languages. This is in Ozora, Hungary. Vibe. Oh, yeah, you can do that on my uh, ranch they, in West oh, Texas. They, I'd like to say that. So they, have a, a, they, what's it? Conscious Festival? A consciousness festival? I mean, yeah, that's not what it's called. One. This is um you, Ozora Fest in in Ozora, Hungary, about an hour outside of Budapest. Shut down since COVID. I think they're gonna. I think they say they're actually gonna go through with it. 2022 of August. 
But anyway, the, the point I'm making is I would like to think that we could get to like a level where the entire human species is just realized you have to be good at making creating hobbies. Because yeah. we don't, because we're living in abundance and we don't have jobs and goods and services are really cheap. That's kind of what I was so getting we, at with the we art. We just, hmm. we just have, we learn how to just create hobbies, and we, so we make a bunch of more hobbies, whether it be drawing in sand or banging on a piece of metal making something, and then we create all these hobbies or relearn them, and then we all figure out which ones we're going to get into, and then that's what we spend our time doing. That's kind of what we do now. If you think about it. No, we spend our time driving to a job we hate and, and fighting and traffic. Because somebody's got a hobby. They started it and they hired people to start making that hobby. And, and people go to work so they can afford that motorcycle they like to drive. That's their hobby. I mean, no, people kind of do that. Yeah, you're, you're right, though. It, pe- we are doing the 9 to 5 thing. Um, and what for? Well, yeah, that's that whole paradigm of life. Like, they work to live or live to work. But um, Making money for the man. Because I own the food. What? <laughs> because Where's the cricket thing? Hit that cricket. Because Where's somebody the, yes. somebody is out there that owns the food, and they're like, well, I'm going to make people work for that. I don't know. It's just uh Oh, yeah. The, well, I, I the had fi- a point. One Good. thing I was thinking on, on the – so I do believe we will get there as humans where we have figured it all out, and we finally decided to stop rocking the bus and fighting each other just because we have it so good. After that, um, the, the problem – but the problem, the first problem we have – is that Matt? You're like, oh, I like to create, and obviously I do too. But created this wonderful, amazing shirt I'm wearing, and the same sh- Matt's also wearing one of these shirts, and uh, we'll continue to wear these shirts. You can buy them at bet.tv. No, I create a lot of stuff, but the problem is, and and I struggle with this is you know my moods and how I feel every day, and so you know your gut health determines your mental happiness level. Your microbiome. We have your my microbiome. We eat fake food. We live in a fake world. We're we're given fake virtues or taught fake things to bring us happiness on the internet so i actually think we would have a creativity problem only because we're kind of out of touch with happiness and creativity well anyway you can watch my 10 steps to happiness on youtube i'm we're also i mean i plug that simply but yeah go rex but yes i do have a video go watch it talking about our our society too like you're talking, you're describing these people in Europe and stuff like that, and and how oh now they do their hobbies and da, 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 da. well over here is there's another group and other groups that aren't up there you know doing this and 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 it's like basically they think that because you exist you're a problem and you need to be killed. So I think once we're all have this utopian society where we're all doing our hobbies and whatnot, well that's when Hannibal comes over the mountains and he just rolls you over. I mean, you've got to get the entire population of the you, planet. You got to blow a loud horn at him, and he'll stop. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying is that there are people who who we've kind of stopped talking about them lately, but they want world conquest. And since you don't believe like they believe, they think you should be either enslaved or killed. And it's like so you, when you're picturing this utopian, everyone does their hobby society. You're forgetting a lot of people aren't even interested in that. They want want you dead. They just want you <laughs> dead. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, you're it's, right. It's, no, I had someone no, who posted this. I'm glad you're... Po- I, first, when well, you said that, I thought you were talking about, like, the people that are just eating rice off the ground, but then, I, then I'm... Okay, I do no. forget that there is certain extreme religions or people... I'll just call them extreme people, right? I've that, always I mean, thought if you could teleport, you, the way you think would be completely different. Imagine if you could teleport right now to uh, some very poor country, and somebody is living in a, a tin shack... And they're, they, their truck pulls up with some rice from the UN, right? And they're running over there to get their food. And a warlord pulls up with a 50 cal and just starts smoking everybody because they want the, the rice at their camp. 
And, and you see these little kids, you know, horrible things happening. And then all of a sudden you teleported to uh, Malibu. And somebody got up that morning. They stretched. They're going to do their yoga. They're going to walk their dog. They're going to get some coffee. That, that's all going on on this same rock floating through space. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> the difference is so vast that people can't. The people that are getting up in the morning to that drink their coffee that really think they know, oh, I've got the answers. We've thought this through, and you don't, you haven't thought. You're so barbaric that you would think like that, Rex. That very moment, just separated by a matter of distance, that's it. Is somebody suffering the consequences of uh, somebody not not having a firearm to protect themselves, mm-hmm. or maybe they're in a place where they were taken away for their own safety, or whatever the case may be. But it's a very different reality. And uh, I think we would think different if we could see that. If we could just instantly walk into it instead of going through the process of a week-long travel to get there. You could just be there. You see this stuff. You'd be over here. You see how it is. It's so different. That's why travel is really important. It it's, and I'm glad you guys travel because the perspective you get brings a lot to the table. No, I always said when I was 18, I mean, going to the Soviet Union was the most amazing thing because it was during the Cold War. And we thought that, well, here's this great power and here's this great power. When I went there, I was like, holy crap, it's a third world country with a massive military. But it was such an eye-opening thing to see how they live. But also to realize that, you know, I'm talking to our enemy and they're just like us. They want what we want. They want the kids to be happy. And it was good to sit and hang out with them and talk to them. And um, anyway, travel is is ideal, but can you do it? I mean, because that's the point I was making is that you would not believe like where we're sitting here that yeah there's right some. now on the other side of this rock mm-hmm. somebody's getting murdered for some rice yeah and or we're, we're sitting in air conditioning yeah or starving to death yeah well i thought about that when i was living in that trailer out at, out, out at the farm i told you that i'm going I'm, i mean i was kind of complaining because i was living in an rv but i was sitting there taking a hot shower and looked up there's a light over my head going i'm taking a hot shower in a tin can on a farm, and that's better than probably a billion people are living on this planet right now. Yeah. You know, in contrast, too, I want to say I was one of those people that did live on the beach in Malibu for eight years. And so I'm, cool. I'm going to let out an honest thought. I may have told you this, Matt, but, I mean, it's it's actual honesty. As an actor and self-employed TV producer, you're not always working. And uh, there was days I wished there would be an earthquake or some type of ma- major catastrophe so my life literally would have change. Just be interesting. That, that was obviously when I told you I had some lonely moments so you had when I was routine. developing some of my TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lacked the routine, but I mean, I still tried. Well, routine, but, but what'd you do? You got up in the morning and did what? You, you for got me, up. I, and, mm-hmm. Well, I go to the temple. I'd meditate with the monks and the, the church for 45 minutes. I'd go get my Starbucks. I'd talk to as many people there as I could. Sometimes I went to the gym. It just depend. And then from there, I would develop my TV shows, et cetera. You know, looking back now, I could I know exactly what I should have did different. I should have worked at WeWork. I should have been more outgoing. Should You know, after one of my managers had passed away, I didn't get another manager. You know, things are tough. But I have to say, when things were cush, and I'm living on the beach in Malibu, and, you know, my bills are paid, life's easy, all I had to do was create, I was still sometimes lonely enough where I would just wish something would happen to my life. Like, I, re- I remember I was thinking, I remember how bad it sucks to go through a breakup and I'll have a heartache. And I was like, but at least if I have, at least if I had a heartache right now, I'd have something. Goodness. So yeah, there's so, but this goes to show, like, remember we're talking about the Kush people, like we have it so good, we tip the bus. Meaning, like, I had it so good that I was still needing something to happen to me because I was bored. That's why it's good to be right in the middle, just above yeah, the pore, I'm, I'm just I'm below the Malibu. This only because I know I'll float right well, there. I well, know that. I mean, that's why I say my. The way I'm programmed and I'm getting better every day with my spiritual practice and, and just awareness, 
but it is tough. Like I've always had to consciously make sure my life is balanced or I, you know, I'm not going to be the optimistic Beth that you know me to be. Russell mentioned the matrix. And I think one of the most amazing points or the most important points it makes in there, and we've talked about it is they said that when they had, they were, they, they created the matrix, they put people in this utopian society and they and, and our bodies, we rejected it. We couldn't handle it. So they had to create the matrix to have problems and issues to deal with because we don't, we can't handle Cush, we can't handle it. It was comfort. too dang cush. It you know, my lot, good. my oatmeal latte got up to nine bucks at some point, but besides yeah. that, yeah. My, a little bit. Yeah. Cush. When have we ever had comfort? You know, if we evolved over hundreds of thousands of years, when have we ever been comfortable? Nothing like we are now, but we are. <laughs> right. right. So, you can, so we're not, so my point is, we're not wired. For comfort. Oh, true. Well, look, look what happened to Rome. Man, they got re- the upper echelon got real comfortable in what happened. It's the same cycle over and over. Yeah. What happens to people when they get really comfortable? It's not like, have you seen him? You know, 10 years after getting really comfortable, his life is really taken off. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, you know, it's funny to see the work with the, the, the I, was, I was intrigued by some of the Marines that work within UXO, and they're just houses, and they went, these guys, you see pictures of them when they were in the service, and they're just these beasts and these fighting machines. And then, yeah, they get out and retire, and they, they just turn into blobs. And so is modern modern life, for most people, is a scam, right? Oh, that's deep. Go that into is it. deep. I didn't have the camera on you. I'm going to redo that for the for the <laughs> sizzle reels on social media, Russell. Take see two. Here. Yeah, take two. Try to be an actor. Do it real natural. Look Ma- at Rex again. Say it again. Modern life, for most people, is a scam, Explain. Well, uh, most of them have set up like a life where they just have to like get up, work a job they hate. I mean, you, and then the weekend comes. You watch a movie, you do a load of laundry, and it's Monday again. You Ugh. get up and you do it all over again. Holy cow! <laughs> That's hell, man. Yeah, yeah, I've lived it. But he like, hit home with that laundry, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for most people, modern life is a scam. It's a uh, so if you're not actually using modern life to do all these amazing things you can do and travel, which is one of the most amazing things, I think you can just get on a plane and yeah. fly anywhere yeah. easily. You know, you think what we had to do in the past, get on a boat, risk your life for like a month to get across the ocean. Right. But yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't have a solution other than just gain financial freedom and then do what you want. But uh, yeah, I just don't, for most people, I just feel like it's a scam, or a better way to put it is it's a gem membership because there's all, all these amazing things you can do, and you're a part of that. It's a gem membership that you pay for, but you don't use. Yeah, and uh, it, people have to come to that conclusion. A lot of people, like we've talked about before, are just totally fine with it, but those that aren't, they need to know that the clock is ticking. When, when we started this podcast, we were talking about, would you say, Rex, half the people died before eight? Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I saw something that was pretty cool. I actually thought about it. And then I saw that it had been created, which goes back to the whole uh, monkey sphere quantum thought we had a long time ago in several other podcasts. If you think it, somebody's doing it. But I wanted to make tablecloths that had 100 years worth of calendar on them. And have you, have you guys ever seen those little calendars that they would give you back in the day? You'd stick it on the dash of your truck, and, and, it's, and the month is literally like an inch and a half by inch and a half. And you could see every day plainly. So I wanted to take 100 years and lay it out on a tablecloth. And then you scratch out however many years you already are. And there's only 100 there, and you probably won't even make that. 
and you see what's left. And not only can you see what's left, but you can see every individual day clearly. And, and I thought that's something that I need to have because every day you're looking at that clock ticking down and you don't know when it ends. And you, you cannot, I mean, I mean, it's like a wake up call to everybody out there. That's reality, not your job, not your, some crappy relationship you're in or, or your bills or mowing your grass. That calendar ticking down is the reality. That's the only thing when you come down to it, it's going to matter. And, uh, those days are being wasted with that, which exactly what you said, which was uh, the scam of modern life, getting up and going to that job. They're not living. And to me, it's a travesty. And if I had anything that was worth a damn that I ever did in my life, it'd be to shake a few people, pour water on them, slap piss out of them, wake them up. And they started living better lives because uh, I think somewhere down the road, whether it's with the AI or uh, whatever it is, there's going to be that spark of that Spartan humanity that stands up and says, I want to live. It's going to be needed. And I don't mean live as in breathe and eat food and take a dump. I mean live. It, it, that, that hope, that spark needs to go on, and we need to be encouraging each other and lighting people on fire to get it done. And I don't mean with a flamethrower, but in the spirit. <laughs> so some more, so more evidence, though, that modern life is a scam is uh, like a hunter-gatherer society. I don't, if, you know, you can read about how much they actually did work. It's not a lot. They had a lot of leisure time. Yeah. So yeah. I would argue that for the most part, their happiness level, even though if you look at their living conditions, is far lower. They were just happier. They had a lot of time. Look at a spearhead. You ever find arrowhead? Oh, God. Think about what it takes to sit there and make one of those bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just sitting there, you know, shooting, this, you know, yeah. chipping away. Yeah. And that's, uh, but at the same time, they could put that down and restart it later. You know, it wasn't like. You know, right. Yeah. And they were going to eat that night, you know, because it's a community. They had a communal system going there. I actually find a lot of arrowheads up on uh, lookout points out in West Texas. You get up somewhere, and if you're sitting there looking around going, wow, this is a beautiful spot, start looking around, I always find signs of primitive you know, activity. And even one time, I don't know who I was with, but we went down in a canyon, and I said this would be an awesome spot to build a fire and uh, you know, cook some food over this overhang, and it's by this nice little wash area. And as I'm digging, I start hitting charcoal. That's like eight inches down. So it's it's from somebody else a long time ago. That was thought the same thing. Living the dream. Living the dream. Enjoying yeah. the same view. I don't know. I we, mean, yeah. We go camping now for recreation, right? Right. So, like, we live in these big, nice houses, but then we go choose to basically live primitive yeah. lifestyles for fun or for recreation. Perhaps, yeah. Um, you, you had said something that made Russell say, Life is just a scam. Or how did we get on this? What what point did you bring up? I mean, I want to beat this out further, but you ignited this. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh, we're sorry. talking about AI and modern life the way it currently is and, like, the, the way it's currently structured, the economics oh, yeah. of it. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was that the, the modern people's jobs would be eliminated by the simplest of AI, the AI that isn't going to kill us later well that that's already happening now starting with truckers because self-driving vehicles truckers is a yeah. big job so well the kiosks at mcdonald's think about that that's already yeah that oh yeah, yeah. Remember remember i went year. to there in amsterdam the first time it was um i went to the human and said i want to talk to the human anyway well a study was done this is what i tell people when they ask me about those There's, and you can look it up the study was done in england and they tested those kiosks 100 percent of those tested were tested positive for human fecal matter. 
So yeah, that's the yeah, that's, a, that's the downside to everyone up there going. Yeah, So that you need to don your glove before <laughs> touching the touch screen. But, but yeah, no, the key. Think about it. We want fifteen dollars an hour. Tell you what, there's a screen over there. We'll just. Well, that's all there. happening in the back too. So like all yeah. the cooking and the preparation of the food, like that's all getting automated. So, you know. McDonald's plan for minimum wage hikes is just to automate, you know, just get rid of the humans. Sure. I just find it ironic that under your influence, I have become what you abhor. What do you, what do you mean? Oh. What are you talking about? Well, you, I mean, just, what do I abhor? That, that means Ab- I hate you something? You abhor well, people working. Yeah. Um, the, the, that the, what, lo- you, what you described with such passion of the people that, uh, that uh, Matt dislikes He's, he's the stating folk. the obvious that he is your employee, Matt, and you're like, ah, those people that get up and go work someone else or no i'm kidding what did but he, no, there was a moment actually, i thought exactly that i'm like he's just, giving this rant in front of his employee. well how many times do people get no. to have this conversation the employer with the employee oh, no, no. <laughs> but that's no that's a They're remarkable also, thing because because i think we're, we're friends, friends as well but it's an interesting thing that's like, funny because what you describe it's just and it's not because of you necessarily but i'm just saying that that i've actually gone now, this is probably not something to have on a podcast. No, Let's it's great. This is the juice. This is what it's like. In a weird until way, now. he's enabling you, though, also to live a very happy, comfortable life. Like, yeah, throw it out there. I want to hear everything. Let's go. No, no. Now he's getting defensive. No, I just. I'm no, just, really. I want to hear it because this is this is where real. This is where you get somebody with conversation. If you're in an echo chamber's bullshit, I need to hear. It's just what therapy you're behind a closed door, Rex. No one's listening. Yes, but I'm just thinking maybe this isn't the best place to bring it up. But he wants to say, well, yeah, we're on a podcast. I just, it just occurred to me what you're describing is who I am, and I wasn't that two years but ago. But go back and describe. What did I describe? Say um, Basically, a life of drudgery, you know? Is that what it is? Because it's not me to decide that. Is that what it is in you? Because if your life right now is a life of drudgery, me as an employer, I want to say, how can I help you step up through that? Because when I started, let me tell you something. I used to clean out septic tanks for a guy who barely had a truck that worked. And I worked for $5 an hour upside down. I didn't want to be there forever. And then I climbed, I mean, he had to hold me by my legs and let me down into septic <laughs> tanks to get tools that he would drop in there. He would drag me up the side of the tank and rip my arm open. Hydrogen peroxide would be foaming everywhere. Yeah, I, I've been through the crappiest job, literally. Literally uh, crap. That for those you, that don't, septic tanks hold poop. Yeah, so I've been in the shit. Uh, and then from there... You know, I built fence, which is not glamorous. I hated that. 105 today. Sidetracked. Well, but well, I'm going somewhere. But I mean, I've did those grueling jobs that I didn't like, and then I ended up working for a, a big oil field company as an engineer with the the big phone on the side and dressing nice. And and it was that this is complete dead. It was a scam. I hated it. Um, now I'm not there, so I'm getting at. I had to change that. And if I have somebody working for me that's not on board and wants to do this and they want to do something else, I want to help them get there because I'm not going to be as effective of a machine unless all the troops on board believe in what we're doing. So I, I mean, that's where I'm coming from. I mean, if you, if you're like, Matt, I'm dying. I don't want you to die. <laughs> <laughs> At least not on my time anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not before you get your job done. Well, you did. You, exactly. Don't die till, till five. What was two years ago? You're saying you were happier two years ago, or well, you're more happy now? I'm just saying that my life was very different two years ago. Did you work for him two years no. ago? He's it's, saying it's worse it's now. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for the- I don't, I'm, Yeah, again, I don't know. If it's just that as you're describing this, I'm going, well, crap. I just that any of you were describing. Well, me. that's good. Maybe it, maybe this wakes you up and you go, Matt, I'm sorry I can't do this anymore and I know what I want to do that's going to bring me happiness. If you quit. Matt just fired me. No. On, on Quantum Bombs. I just you, got fired. 
if you quit, it's actually going to be because you took his own advice. You're like, you know exactly. what, Matt, I'm going to take your and advice. That, I'm going to quit. Paradox. I'm going to do something else. That's the paradox of this. Because I know that I'm shooting a hole in the bottom of my boat, but there's something more important. There's something more important than uh, than me just standing on top of a bunch of people going, yeah, I won capitalism. I love capitalism. It, it I do. A lot, it works. But you got to be conscious about things, I think, also. There's a balance. And so the people within my organization that are coming up if they find something else that has meaning somewhere else i actually care about that because i want them to be on board not everybody is a hard charger that wants to be at the top they're just not some people want to work from eight to five go home that's great but at least that eight to five find some enjoyment in it and if you don't then no hard feelings you got to go bye rex all righty <laughs> quantum <bomb. laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a funny week to see the show like that. Already. People would be like, Next oh, week, Rex won't be here. <laughs> we'll have a guest star. We're going to have a guest star. Rex start his own company. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. Well, that would be great, actually. I mean, if you if you were like, if you found something that just lit your fire and you said, I'm going to do this, and you became a multimillionaire, why wouldn't I rejoice in your success? My problem is I found what lit my fire, and it was 20 years ago, and I fizzled. What was it? I just whined on like. Oh, good. Well, you know what? We all have a what was me moment. Not all the time on podcasts, but it's actually people do. They talk about their past what was me. You're having a present Mm -hmm. what was me. But what did you do that a long time ago that you loved? I mean, that was the thing I was designed to do. The only thing I ever wanted to do. When I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Acting? Well, specifically, it was the musical comedy. The the comedy group that I was in. Yeah. And uh, because when I was a kid, there's one thing I wanted to be. It was Spike Jones. You guys don't even know who Spike Jones is. Act, act him out. You can't. It was. Uh, it was. He was. He would do song parodies of his age, and it was like you know he would like shoot guns in the air, and birds would fall down from the ceiling. It was. It was. I can play you. Some I of think his I remember. Name. Yeah, it, very famous. But I listened to that as a kid, and it just blew my mind. And it was. I said I want to do that. And essentially, in my twenties, I was doing that. Yeah. And I. I. I like. I usually do. I. I derailed it. I. And I went. You know what? From since then. But there you said it, like I usually do. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm just going to call that out. That's call a limiting out. belief. You got to, yeah. I know, and it's, I do it too. You're not, we all do it, but that's it. And like I usually do. It's like I said, when, when somebody says, I got the fly swatter out for this fly, they set it down, the fly shows up. I knew when I set this down, it was going to fly up. Yeah. Dude, you got to reprogram that. Your game's not over. Your calendar's not up. Rex, you have more days to do. You know what? I've got some commercials I need to create for some stuff I'm producing, and you're going to be my quartet guy. And trust me, this <laughs> this commercials are all going to be heavily sati- satirical and funny. Mm. You know, now, not that that's going to change your life, but no. If I would do my job producing, I'd get us back on TV, and hey. we'd have you singing quite a bit. Matt just fired me, and Beth just hired me. All within <laughs> ten minutes. This is this is great. We're, we're all together. Life. This is awesome. What, Go ahead, what are well? What are people supposed to do? Like, uh, I mean, if you have a kid, and they're like. 18, they're just like, yeah, I don't know what to do with my life. It's like, it's the most difficult thing to figure out. There is no right answer, and it is the most difficult thing to try and That's a great figure answer. Out. And the answer mm. is to, to follow your, do what your pa- your purpose in life yeah, okay, is. What is your purpose in life? They is what can't you're find asking, right? well, It's cl- got to be your passion. And you're right. Some people don't know. But the problem with me or a lot of people is, well, your passion fades because you've already conquered it. So then you move no, on. And- it's not even that. It's worse than that. Like, what you're, like that's a cliche is, oh, well, follow your passion. Well, my passion doesn't make money, you know, like most people's oh. don't like, so it's just like a, it's a dumb thing. People say, but like my passion isn't like if you're going to university, my passion isn't a, a degree I could study much less a job. So I, 
I don't know. I, I don't think know. that's it's, a limiting it, belief. I do think we're moving into an age where you can make money at almost a lot anything. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would because be Because at with the you very least, you could do it, be an airy fairy coach about your passion or something silly. There's people that sold pet rocks, man. I mean, I mean, it was know. that one man. Yeah, made six million dollars. Yeah, and that was a lot of money back then too. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame all of our passion isn't explosive. All right, I think. Are we going to conquer any other topics? We're pretty tired. Quantum. <laughs> Let's bomb this thing. All right. Well, we'll see. Everybody tune in next week to see if Rex is still with us. You can follow me <laughs> online at BethHagendorf.com. I'm sorry. No, don't. I, I can that URL. See, we are tired, guys. Sorry. I'm at Beth Hagendorf on all platforms. You could check us out on QuantumBombs.com. I thought it was Beth.tv. It is Beth.tv. That's tired i am if you go if you go she's hungry yes that's my website guys you could if you find if you find quantum bombs on sphinx i'll be trolling on there uh on the quantum bombs tribe yeah okay all right all right tune in next guys see if rex is still here (laughs) quantum bombs